This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And uh, I have a trail race in my done list. I there, uh, you know, it's in the bank. I did it on Monday. In, in, in your tiny key size pocket in your running <laughs> skirt. That's where you have it. <laughs> yes, it is. I was very pleased my Saucony um, Capris fit my iPhone perfectly because I was de- really debating whether or not to bring it on the race on Monday. And I was like, "Oh no, I need some I need some images to go with the blog post about it." So, um, but then I also did learn an important lesson, which is to wipe off the little lens of your iPhone before you take a post race photo because the photo <laughs> I posted, it's like, "Oh look, it's us in a in a very foggy environment." No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> hanging out on Martha's Vineyard in the haze. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, yeah, put it in a, a plastic bag. That's what it, a lot of people do. Oh, and that way you. it kind of protects it from sweat too and all the, you know, oh, aren't all, you? Your, all your germs, all your girly germs. Aren't you clever? Well, yeah. So next time I'll know. Next time I'll know. Um, so, but this was my debut trail race. Um, it was a 10K. I only decided to do it last Thursday or Friday. So a couple days beforehand. And um, it was just absolutely a blast. It was so much fun. Yeah. So are, are you kind of mad that it's taken you, you know, 20 years after I've said trail races are awesome. Trail races are awesome. <laughs> Is that your oh, way of saying it, I, I told you so? What? Is that your way of saying I told you so? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. My, my mother runner gentle way. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, do I regret not doing one sooner? No, you know, no. Um, Cause you know, it's always, I, I think, uh, you know, as an older dog, it's always nice to find new tricks and, <laughs> <laughs> Um, we won't talk about how old I'd be in dog years. Um, and, uh, no, so, I mean, it just was, and then, you know, and discovering it, uh, you know, as Molly, my training partner's first trail race as well. And so for, for it to both be our first time, it was very special and, um, it was just, just really fun. And, um, now well, what, what did you like about it? I mean, it was fun and special, but what was, what were some details that you liked about it? Well, I, one, I really love the format of this one, which was that you could start it whenever you wanted. You know, there was a four hour window of when you could start. And so, and you had to get bus to the start, like about a quarter mile, half mile from the start, but you got bus to it. And so they didn't have, I think they only had one bus going from the parking area to the, um, near the start. And so, um, Molly and I had decided that she would get about a seven minute head start on me. So then I just waited around and I realized like, oh, look, everybody else is leaving and now it's just me. <laughs> um, so, um, so I really liked racing, but having no one else around me, it was like the perfect, like hermit race. <laughs> It's like a time trial. It's like a bike time trial. It was. Oh, very much so. Or like skiing. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, there were um, more walkers than I thought there'd be in the race. So I, you know, I was passing people, but um, I didn't catch up to a runner until, I don't know, almost, oh, I don't know, two and a half miles in maybe. Maybe I'm forgetting some earlier on, but, you know, I didn't get to, to many runners until about halfway through the race. So it just, it was very exhilarating to be racing yet not have any people around. And so to just feel that lovely solitude on a trail 
um, but yet feel that I had a purpose and a, and a, a drive, you know, going in me. So, and it was, it was gorgeous and it was just very exhilarating to kind of try to go fast on the trail because usually I slow down so much on a trail. So to, to have an urge to push and, and, you know, take a little bit of risk, I'm not a risk taker at all. So to be like, oh, okay, sir, try to let go on the downhills, you know, go a little faster than I feel comfortable on a downhill. Um, and, you know, take the curves a little faster than I might otherwise. So it was, I don't need much to, to have a thrilling experience. Like my, my, my I am. A good a, day is when like, you don't find a cheese stick under your seat in the driver's, you know, like, it's like, oh, wow, it's a great day. Like, I don't have to, I don't have the smell of like sour dairy in my car, you know, like we moms, we keep a low bar. You know? I do. I do. I've often, um, you know, like adventure sports are not my thing at all. I once time wrote an article, um. I think for Sports Illustrated Women, and it was um, the opening line was, "My father raised me to be the world's tallest chicken." Oh, that's a great line. And and it's just, I think a lot of kind of adrenaline junkies, I'm convinced that their nerve endings are buried much lower down beneath their skin. And so they have to have a lot of stimulus to get to them. Whereas I think mine are like, right there, don't need much. (laughs) Right there, pinprick, got it, got it. Well, so the only thing that I would say, and and I I definitely, I mean, I love that you're like, next time I'll do it um, Mm -hmm. because I, I want you to do another trail race, but the thing that can be sometimes challenging about trail races is, you know, this rolling start thing is um, definitely, I think, unique to that race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get a, ro- you know, so so it can be hard at times because you get a little crowded, especially when you're on single track. And, oh, I know. you know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to go a little faster and you're trying to pass people or whatever. Um, I mean, the best part, like, you know, one, one, one trail race that I did, one half marathon that lives in my head, like it was like my wedding day. Like I think of it so fondly. Um <laughs> is the golden leaf half marathon in Aspen. And, and, you know, you have to climb like two miles up to mm-hmm. get to, um, that the race starts with two miles climbing uphill to get to the top of the ski hill. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of wind your way down on this amazing single track. And the reason why I remember it so fondly is because I found like my Peloton, you know, like my people <laughs> that were running like the, like that pace that you were talking about where you're like, okay, I'm not going to totally bite it, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not going as slow as I would mm-hmm. if I were by myself, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, and, and you, you kind of just watch the, the, the guy's, you know, shoes in front of you, right. Mm-hmm. Like keep your head down and kind of watch him. And if he goes to the right to avoid a rock, you do the same thing. And I just, it was really fun because you just don't, it's just, it's not the, um, and I don't want to say drudgery because that's, that's not the wrong word, but I mean, on a, on a pavement or like a, a regular road race, like it's, there aren't a lot of surprises, you mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. just, mile after mile and you're getting, you know, more or less the same terrain and, you know, and it's, and you, it's you and your watch and I don't know, the a trail race just kind of takes you all out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just pausing because I am thinking, you know, I do not do well with, um, you know, kind of like, I feel guilty if I think I'm holding somebody back, you know, like when there were, there were, um, you know, eventually the bus went back and got other people. And so, um, probably at, um, I don't know, three or four miles in, I, I could hear a couple fast guys coming up on me and I just made sure that I got really far over to the right and then even kind of stuck my hand out a little bit to like motion them forward just a tiny bit to be like, Hey guys, I know, I, I know you're coming by and, and yeah. I'm, I'm prepared for it. And well, that's, but that's their, I mean, that's their responsibility. I mean, if you are being passed, like they need to say on your left, you know, oh, yeah. or wherever I'm coming up on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so that's, it's their job to make sure that they get safely by you. It's not your job to clear us. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you don't like stand in the middle of the trail with your arms <laughs> wide, like I own this trail, but I mean, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's like, 
you know, it's, it's a person's responsibility from behind to, to, oh, to get in front of you. I know, but you know, I was raised Catholic and that Catholic guilt's kind of hard to shake. So, uh, so I sometimes feel guilty or I just, or, and then I don't like getting frustrated being stuck behind people. Like I don't like the, the feeling of the frustration. And I also don't like, like the fact that I get frustrated. And so, you know, it's kind of like when I drive, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm behind someone who is deciding to go 25 when the speed limit's 30. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to let this bother me. And it's like, like you know. And then like two seconds later, you're like, screw this. And like blinker <laughs> on going around, you know, like, yes, yes. I, I know that feeling too. But yeah, but that's when you pass. I mean, but it is, it's, but, but the thing about it is, you know, and this is where I'm like, this is why I love trail running is you're thinking about how I need to find a space where I can get Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the or thrilling part. Oh, sure. About, or you're thinking about the person, you know, coming from behind you and kind of giving them like a little bit of space. You're not thinking about, oh, am I running the nine minute miles that I mm-hmm. really need to be running? Or, oh, gosh, my quads really hurt. My quads really hurt. But, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's why I like it because it, it, it kind of really trail running really, really makes you live exactly in that moment. And yeah. that's and I, I mean, I need a little, you know, force to make me do that. But I'm happy to be there once I'm there. Yeah. So, and I do have to ask before we get onto the topic of the day, were you horrified that I listened to music while I was doing a trail race? Um, I definitely, uh, I noticed it. I wasn't Uh horrified. I mean, to each their own, you know, but, Uh um, it was not something I would do. Uh Uh You know, I mean, I just, it's funny because I did two trail runs, um, up, uh, this is Labor Day weekend that you, that you ran, you ran on Monday and I was up at my mom's house up in the mountains and I ran, on Sunday um, and Monday and both times, no, Sunday I ran um, without anything mm-hmm. um, because I brought Mason, our dog, and I wanted to make sure that I could kind of keep track of him on his, you know, his jangly tags. So, <laughs> so I ran about seven miles and he ran about 14. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the dog and, and just at breakneck speed the whole time, you know, I'd call him and he'd just come sprinting. Like I just... I, so someday I want to be a, a fast dog, just know what it feels like, you know? Um, so anyway, so I didn't run with anything, but then I was pretty tired. So Sunday I was like, I need a little music. And I went on a little bit easier trail oh, um, uh-huh. and I brought my music, but then I actually turned it off. Cause I just, uh-huh. I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't click for me, but you know, that's you and I are different people. So yeah, that's yeah. totally cool. Yeah. Did, did, were you glad you had it? Oh, I was so glad I had it. Oh my gosh. I was so glad. And I really debated long and hard beforehand whether to use it or not. And I, I admit I have in the past when I trail run, I have listened to music, but I always, <laughs> I usually listen to this one soundtrack and it's the Into the Wild soundtrack. Uh, oh, yeah. For the Eddie Vedder music. And, and I've added in like very select few extra songs into it. And I just love, love that, even though it's a little creepy, I guess, to think about like, oh, am I going to go get lost and die in a bus <laughs> somewhere? Um, so. Uh, well, that's, that's, and that's appropriate. I mean, it's kind of, Oh, yeah. mood appropriate music right yes. for the trail like yes. it's not like you want to be out there with you know fergie and yeah. you know although, um, although i did so then halfway <laughs> can you meet me halfway can you meet me halfway meet me halfway right up the borderline is where i'm going away so then i just was like okay it's a race and and i i had not put a special playlist on there and i had my shuffle with me and so i just put on my marathon playlist that I made for Vancouver and just put it on shuffle and um, 
just went with whatever it served up. And I was, so that was that's kind of trail running of you, right? Because usually you're like, <laughs> this is song one, this is song two, this is song three. And if any of them get screwed up, there's going to be, you know, someone's going to pay. So, um, so the fact that you were able to like shuffle and be zen about the look shuffle. At, look like, at that. Look at that. I did. Yeah, see, it's a step in the right direction. SBS. I like it. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. So we are doing today, we're not just going to talk about my trail race, we are doing a Q&A. And these are questions that we have collected, mainly from our Facebook page, but with a couple from I put out a call on Twitter. podcast is brought to you by audible.com the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many new york times bestsellers for our listeners audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service one audiobook i suggest you give a listen to is the girl you left behind it's the new one from jojo Moyes, who if you're like me you loved me before you and you're going to enjoy this one just as much. I really enjoyed listening to it. And the good news is, is that I cried less listening to the girl you left behind than I did uh, me before you. So, but you know, when you have sweat on your face, it's, it's all good. The tears just run in with the sweat. So for a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mother. So let's start with Amy, who recently, when she wrote this, she had recently begun training with a heart rate monitor and a training plan put together by a coach. And she's now slower than her morning crew, her people that she usually runs with, and it's kind of blowing the fun, she says. Um, We really need each other, too, as none of us want to run alone in the dark. So my question is, should I suck it up and take the slow road, trusting the coach, or should I keep running at my old pace just once or twice a week? The only other option would be to try to talk them into doing my weekly tempo slash hill workout with me. So I got to say, I'm really torn about this question. And I've looked at it a number of times, and I still can't make up my mind. um, Because I think, you know, I have friends who've had such amazing success with heart rate um, training, like uh, you've met her, um, that mother runner out here in Portland, Junko, she just, I mean, it was stunning what she was able to accomplish when she really stuck to a heart rate training um, plan, but it takes so much dedication, and discipline, and I just would loathe to, you know, give up running completely in cold turkey, you know, like with my friends. I just would, I'd miss them so much. So, I mean, what what would you do, Timothy? Oh, yeah, that is a, that is a good, really good question, and um, it is really, it is a very disciplined thing to keep. It's usually your heart rate. I mean, the times that I've tried it or kind of done some training, I mean, it's low, like mm-hmm. one forty or even mm-hmm. lower, you know, and you're like. Okay. You know, and it does, it does absolutely does pay off. I mean, like you said, there's been a lot of success stories with people who really, you know, slow down a ton to get a great cardiovascular base and then they're able to, to rip it up in a race. Um, but, uh, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd ask her, I'd ask you, Amy, what your goal is, you know, is your goal to meet a certain time or what's, what's most important to you is your goal to have, you know, this X time on the clock, whatever it happens to be, or is it more important to you to have time with your girlfriends right now? I mean, unfortunately, 
you know, they sound a little bit mutually exclusive right now. So I think you would have to to decide. I mean, the, your girlfriends are always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, three months away from them doing your training solo, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not, um, wouldn't be my first choice, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you're, you know, it's not like they're moving across the country, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you put it that way, it totally makes sense then. To, but the you're... only thing that she does talk about is, is uh, you know, they don't want to run alone in the dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get to, well, there's a question like that, that we could skip then to, um, Amanda's question. Okay. Well, wait, but the one thing that I would suggest maybe, um, which isn't, um, again, you're not gonna be running together, but if you're kind of wanting to, to have a, a, a buddy for safety out there, which totally makes sense. Like maybe you do an out and back and you know that your run is going to take you 50 minutes, um, Amy. And so, you know, everybody turns around at 25 minutes, no matter how fast they've gone. Mm-hmm. So that way you're kind of meeting together. You're there, you know, and you can have a little time to chit chat. And then, you know, as they flip and you come back, you know, you, you'll see them again, say hello. Don't, don't let your heart rate get too high. Cause you get all excited <laughs> to see them. Um, and then, uh, and then at the end you can, you know, have a little, you know, stretch and chat session. So that's maybe, yeah. that's maybe the best of both worlds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it the truth though, when you get talking about it, an exciting topic and suddenly you're like, how is it that we are now running eight and a half minute miles? <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> I should not be seeing this right now. Right. Yeah. But, you know, banish any gossip that might be good because otherwise it's like, woohoo, we're blitzing along. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's go to Amanda's question. Yeah. So it is, um, so this is Amanda and she uh, lives in the Midwest. We actually met her at our Buffalo Grove party and we'd met her before. And so um, she's super friendly and social. And I'm, there's a reason I'm saying this. You'll hear once I read the question. So she wrote to us though that she has yet to find a BRF, a best running friend in the area. And she's she keeps her workouts limited to the home treadmill and the gym. She says, I know I need to hit the pavement, but I'm afraid of running alone. Any thoughts on conquering this? And, and I followed up with her and I asked her kind of, you know, so... Um, kind of what's her question going at. And she says they have a nice paved trail near us, but um, it isn't lit. So the choices are run alone in the dark, run alone along a busy road, which makes her nervous, or run alone in the basement on the treadmill. Um, so I think, Amanda, because we met you and we know that you're a lovely person, as most most mother runners are, that um, you need to get out of your comfort zone, friend, and find a pal. Mm-hmm. Um, we we met her at the Buffalo. So that was the Chicago party. So mm-hmm. we um, had the other two parties at fleet feet stores. So they often have running groups to join. And, um, you know, we've said this before, but you know, if you go to a running club and, um, and you're like, wow, I get overwhelmed by the idea of doing a run with 25 people and where do I fit in, mm-hmm. you, you know, go and, and do it once or twice, but then like cherry pick somebody to be your, your BRF, <laughs> you know, and set up your own schedule. You don't have to, you know, meet at six o'clock on Tuesday night just because, you know, 25 other people are, you can meet at six o'clock on Tuesday morning. So, right, right. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so I think you, you know, we know you're super friendly, you know, you're easy to talk to. So get out of your comfort zone friend and find a pal, you know, ask around, check out their, the women that are usually in capris and, um, running shorts and maybe have a ponytail and look a little like, you know, maybe a couple salt stains on their hat or on their neck. Like those are the people you need to approach and say, Hey, do you want to run with me friend? (laughs) Yeah. Because, um, I mean, we say that time and time again, but I mean, that's how I found my running buddy, Sheila, who I run with on occasion was that I was at a a group run at a um, store down in the Pearl District here in Portland. And, you know, we just, I don't even think we ran together, but I mean, we just hit it off chatting afterward. 
and figured out that we lived about two miles from each other and, you know, exchanged emails and, um, you know, yeah, I mean, sure, it feels a little blind datey, but uh, I mean, I'm crazy about Sheila and we ended up training for a marathon together. And so, you know, you can also, I found my good running friend, um, Allison through book group. So just, you know, kind of view every interaction you have with, you know, mom. So whether it's hanging out by the swimming pool during the kids' lessons or, you know, at, at church group or, um, you know, preschool drop-off, whatever it is, kind of view that as like, okay, th- my best running friend might be among these people. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but then if in the meantime, if that's, you know, if um, until you find that person, until you find your own Sheila or Ellison or whomever, um, you know, get some good lights. We love knuckle lights. Um, I just um, broke out my knuckle lights for the first time in a long time this morning so that you can see where you're going. Maybe some. I got it. Yeah. yeah I'm going to put some batteries in. Those, those are my Ragnarians. Yep. That's my Ragnar. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, get some pepper spray if that makes you feel more comfortable. And then, you know, go to the trail and, um, I don't know, you know, call me naive, but I don't... Naive, naive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you have the umlauts over the eye. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, bad, uh, mother runner, <laughs> bad mother runner humor. <laughs> Isn't all our humor that of that caliber? Um, so, but it's been my experience that there aren't creepy people on the trails in the early morning. They're either asleep or hungover or, you know, still out. You know, it's still nighttime for them. At you know five thirty in the morning, I always think it's my morning, but it's someone else's nighttime, and they're just like rolling into bed at that time. And um, you know, bring your phone with you, leave a note for your family detailing your route. Uh, you know, maybe even take a selfie of yourself in your running outfit before you head out the door, and then text it to your husband or whatnot, so you know he he knows what you're wearing if you turn up missing. Um, Whoa, Sarah, Sarah, that's a little, that's a, that, that's, that's for our safety podcast. Let's not scare these women. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was, if, you, if, you make notes before the podcast and I saw that sentence, I'm like, please leave that out. Please leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, the thing is though, I mean, we are going to do a safety podcast, but I think a lot of people go to a lot more steps than you and I do. Dim before oh, we no, I, I agree. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this because, yeah. you know, when it comes to safety, we both have running friends. We're both physically, um, very, Imposing. um, imposing people, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, you know, my reality is very different from somebody mm-hmm. who is, you know, five feet and a hundred pounds and, you know, maybe running in, you know, not a suburb of Denver, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, so it's just, yeah, if, so, yeah if, so that it is important to take, take as many steps as you feel comfortable taking, mm-hmm. but then try it. You've mm-hmm. got to, you owe it yourself to try it. Even if it's just for, you know, two miles, run one mile out and run one mile back mm-hmm. and see how you feel. And if you feel just nauseous inside, like this, this just isn't going to work, then, then go back to your treadmill. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to try it. Yeah. Just like you got to try to find a friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Mandy, you have your marching orders. So, um, <laughs> right. so we're moving on. We're moving on to Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's Jackie. She is looking for recommendations for guidelines on spacing long races, um, or half or full marathons. Um, she said 20 weeks between a marathon wasn't enough for me, but she can handle ha- racing halves once a month. So I guess she's kind of wondering how many marathons or how she should space her marathons. Is space that long what- runs. I think she's just trying to figure out how, in a give, let's say 2014, because that's the year coming up, you know, that how, how, how should she space half marathons and marathons during that year? 
And, um, you know, I just was kind of wondering then what's the motivation for running so many long races? I mean, 20 weeks between marathons. Yes, many training plans are 20 weeks long, but that doesn't mean you should go from, you know, marathon A, 20 weeks later, marathon B, 20 weeks later, marathon C. I mean, that's just you're asking for an injury, at least one, um, doing that sort of thing. Or burnout. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, you know, I, I source see longer races are kind of like pregnancy. I mean, it takes more of a toll on your body than you realize. And yes, Jessica Simpson and Tori Spelling can have, you know, babies basically, you know, one on top of the other. Um, but there's, you know, just like there's, you know, no rush to have another baby. There's no rush to do a bunch of long races one after another, even if your body feels prepared for it. And, um, you know, I have been known to do two marathons in a year and definitely always after the second one, I'm like, hmm, yep, shouldn't have done that second one so soon. <laughs> um, and that, that, you know, in 2011, I got plantar fasciitis. And I definitely think part of that is due to the fact that I, I raced very competitively for me, two marathons in 2010, and then did three half marathons close together in the spring of 2011. And hello, summer 2011, here's plantar fasciitis for you. <laughs> hello, my name is plantar fasciitis. Nice to meet you, Sarah Bowenshay. <laughs> yeah. I am now going to invade your feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, so the, So the, there's a real difference, I think, between running and racing, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so if you are going out, Jackie, and wanting to see improving times every time and really, like, give a race your all, then you have to race pretty deliberately and not do a half marathon a month, um, in my humble opinion. Um, but if you want to go out and say, I want to do, you know, a lot of people did 13 half marathons in 2013, which is an awesome goal, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's more of a, I'm going to go run 13 miles this weekend, um, you know, in a race situation. Yeah. 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 Which is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, for me, I would say if I were you, I would do one marathon a year. I think that that's a, just a really nice, it, it's a really intense goal. It's a very fulfilling goal, but it's also a very draining goal. So, mm-hmm. you know, one marathon a year is great. So you plan a spring one or you plan a fall one, and then you kind of fold in some races around that. And um, and I would also suggest, you know, doing 10Ks and even 5Ks Um as they, they make you a much better runner. You know, mm. if you can run a fast 10K, you're going to run a faster half marathon. I mean, you know, that, that's what Monday I just thought. These 10K things, they're awesome. Oh, <laughs> like I loved, aren't they lovely? Yeah. I, I loved getting to mile three. All right, I got to mile two and I thought, I am a third of the way done. Yeehaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I think is that... Um, you know, I, I'm, Jackie doesn't say how old she is, but as a master's runner, I mean, it gets harder to bounce back with each passing year. Deep sigh. Um, and, you know, you just got to – you have to pay attention as as you get older. And the, the fact that, you know, I mean, in – Gosh, in 2009, 2010, I was on top of the world for for me, for, you know, compared to other people, you know, not so much. But but I was just banging out PRs left and right and feeling great. And then the wheels just fell off the bus in 2011. And I've had to work pretty hard to get back to feeling like all the wheels are, you know, um, aligned and don't have any holes in them now. <laughs> they're not there aren't any flat tires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, that that in enthusiasm's great and it can carry you a long way, but um eventually all those racing miles um, might catch up with you. So so we got we have Kristen who is running speaking of marathon, she's running her first marathon this fall. She's doing Twin Cities, which is a lovely race that I did last year. Um 
And so she logged 1,000 miles last year and did 14 races, three half marathons, two 10-milers, and a handful of 5Ks. So she's um, she's just went did our uh, Train Like a Mother half marathon own it plan. Thank you, Kristen. Um, for the second time, she did that. And so she wants to know if she can jump onto the marathon own it plan or should she start with the finish it plan since this is her first marathon. So, uh, you know, going on the heels of the advice that we just gave to Jackie, I mean, so she had 14 races um, in in 2012. And so, she, again, she had three half marathons, two 10-milers, and a handful of 5Ks. I mean, that's a lot of races. And then if you wanted to put a, a, a marathon in there too, you could. So it's not like you have to give I, – I, I sometimes get worried that we, like um, – discourage racing too much, you know, because it's, it's, that's our party and that's the fun time. That's what we work for. So, I mean, you can race as much as you want, but you just really have to tend to your body and tend to your um, mind and make sure that you're not, you know, pushing yourself too much because Mm -hmm. this shouldn't running shouldn't be stressful. It can be stressful for Kara Goucher, but it shouldn't be stressful (laughs) for us. Um, So anyway, so, so going back to Kristen's question, should she modify or should she use the marathon own it plan um, since she's done the half marathon own it plan from train like a mother, even though, um, this is her first marathon. Yeah. And the answer is no, you should not use the marathon own it plan. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the only goal, and I don't care if you are, you know, you've been running for a hundred years or <laughs> one year, um, your only goal for the first distance of any race is to finish it. It really is. It's to get to the starting line, feeling happy and healthy and excited and to get to the finish line, um, with that same smile and that same sense of contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, if you set yourself up, I mean, the, the own it plan is ambitious. Like we we're talking PRs, we're talking qualifying for Boston. We're talking, you know, g- really pushing yourself a little bit more than you should when you're just teaching your body to go 26.2. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause that's the thing that, um, you know, from a math standpoint, uh, from a basic math standpoint, 26.2 miles seems like it's just two times 13.1. But oh, no, there there is some voodoo math going on in there because something happens past mile 18 or 20 that really tests your endurance, your willpower, your body's ability to fuel itself, what your mind's going to do, everything. And that I just think, you know, particularly for a marathon, that that finishing it for your first one, finishing it is the goal. And, and the, the training plan, I think she could, you know, modify the finish it plan slightly. You know, if she has a couple maybe speed workouts or hill workouts that she really loves from the half marathon own it plan, you know, modify those slightly and, and sprinkle them in judiciously throughout the marathon finish it plan. But that's just, I, you know, I've followed our, the train like a mother own it plan marathon from, I've done that for three marathons or four, I think three. Three. Yeah. Okay, three. three yeah. yeah, Boston, Twin Cities, and Vancouver. And, you know, it is it's challenging. And and in a in a wonderful way it's challenging. It's never too too hard, but it is it's taxing and um it it sets you up to really bust a move in a marathon. And I think Kristen's goal to should be to finish it. And it sounds like she loves racing, so you know, finish that one and then, you know, look around and figure out what, what marathon you're gonna do. up do. another, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so next up we have Jordan who's interested in knowing what to do for strength training. Like um what a, just curious what other people do in terms of exercises, reps, frequency and how and whether they adjust it around big races. 
Um, so I strength train, um, sporadically <laughs> in my head. I do it a lot more than I do it on paper, but, well, um, look at that. I gotta but, say you give the impression that you, cause you're always like, Oh yeah. And well, this morning I was using those headphones while I was doing box jumps. I'm like, well, good. Get on you. Damn it. You yeah, did box jumps. I was doing so. See, but I do it. I mean, it's not like I do that every Monday. I decide, mm-hmm. Oh, I need to go do, I mean, I usually go to the gym, um, you, right you now, just, like, you just talk a big talk, don't you, Dimity? That's I what do. it I is. Talk talk. <laughs> um, and the box that I'm jumping onto is six inches tall. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a um, matchbox, and each time you crush exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but um, I, you know, I really do. I actually do really like strength training. I like how it makes me feel, um, and I like that I can really feel the difference when I go out and do um, endurance sports, whether it's you know triathlon stuff or straight up running. Um, but the only strength training I do with any um, regularity is when I'm on a coached plan, mm-hmm. you know, where she says, do these five exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, I, you know, I do set up little circuits for myself now these days, some with exercises from my um, Ironman coach and some with just that I like, like I'll go to the gym. Um, I like sets of three for whatever reason. So I'll do three sets of um, 20 box jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but in between I'll do, um, you know, the bench press with just the, just the bar. <laughs> so I don't want to <laughs> end up with a bar on my neck. Like, ah, somebody help me, which is, it's hard enough. It's hard enough. And, um, so I usually do like a little, like, uh, rotation thing. So you do box, jump, bench, press, box, jump, bench, press, box, you know, and then I'll do oh. two more. I'll do lunges and, um, pushups. I will do planks and I'll do squats and, you know, three sets of each. Sometimes I use more weight. Sometimes I don't, but I mean, the idea is, is I want to hit most of the major muscles on your body. You know, you've got your, your glutes, you got to hit your glutes a lot. Those are, that's our engines ladies. So don't, don't dismiss the, you know, the booty, the booty, um, <laughs> You want hamstrings, you want calves, you want quads. Can, can I um, say also, I like how you're smacking each one of the body I know, parts. I'm smacking my, my glutes right now. Can you tell? They sound like buns of steel. <laughs> um, I, I, I've never really clinched too, though, because if I, you know, that's how they got to be buns of steel. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to know that, Timothy. Thank you for oversharing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Timothy in Denver, and I'm clenching my butt cheeks right now. Um, so, uh Anyway, and then you want to do your arms, you know, to a degree, you know, like I think um, push-ups kind of hit the arms and, you know, something that's like more of a, a compound exercise, like push-ups or pull-ups or, you know, modified pull-ups where it's getting the way your whole arm integrates the same way squats and lunges do. It's not just doing, you know, mm-hmm. bicep curls or tricep kickbacks just because that's not how we mm-hmm. use them when we're running, right? Right. Those are kind of training um, exercises. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then your core, of course. And then the other thing that I think about a lot is trying to kind of replicate running, um, inspired moves, um, mm-hmm. which means a lot of like one legged stuff. So I'll do sometimes instead of regular squats, I'll do one legged squats, which, you know, you don't go down half as far, but it's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you so usually I, do those in front of a mirror. You've told me, right? I, I have. Cause mm-hmm. you want to make sure, I want to make sure my knee tracks, mm-hmm. um, as straight as I can get it to go and keep my hips level. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are good. Yeah, the, the other thing that's really important um, that I found through through Ironman um, is um, they're called your glute medius. They're on the side mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. uh, your buns of steel. That, <laughs> I was just I was just laughing my glute medius though right now. Um, but so getting a um, a band mm. and 
um, putting it around your ankles Mm -hmm. and doing the Frankenstein walk, shuffling, you know, with your knees, kind of an athletic stance, slightly bent Mm -hmm. and shuffling to the left and the right, you know, far, you know, you go left for 20 steps and then right for 20 steps. Usually I would do it for a minute or more. Mm -hmm. Um, that is really important. Yeah. My certified athletic trainer, Allie Novak had me doing a lot of those. And, um, she also had me looking in the mirror then and really keeping my body, and my shoulder, particularly my upper body, very still during that exercise, because the tendency is to lean into it and to help out the sides of your butt by leaning. And if you can oh. really just, you know, isolate it and only move that part of your butt. So it's a very slow, um, deliberate Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, but- so, but for me, I take all the guesswork out of strength training because, I mean, I walk into, you know, a weight room solo and here I you know how many workouts did between the two of us have we written for self and women's health and runner's world and whatever and it's just like yeah yeah and it's like oh yeah I can't think of a single exercise to do other than bicep curls and lunges (laughs) and so um and also my you know I just I go there with the best intentions I'm like yeah I'm gonna strength train for half an hour oh yeah and then after about I look at I'm like really that's been only six minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 15 good enough. I got to get home and make lunches anyway. Um, so um, so now I'm all about the classes. What yes. classes do you like to go to? Well, so I used to, so I, um, I love this trainer here in town, Ashley Kayser, who uh, did the uh, get ripped like this mother for us in Train Like a Mother, which has a great weight strength training workout. And um, so she has a place... Um, not too far from my house called the refinery. And I used to go to these kind of boot campy circuit type classes where, you know, you're doing things on the BOSU and you're using, you know, TRX straps and, um, you know, ropes and things like this. And a lot of the moves, they were always complex. And I mean that by using multiple muscle groups, but there was also kind of a skill level and a, I don't know, sometimes agility and things like that, that I just feel I just don't bring to the table. And you, it, you as the world's tallest chicken don't bring to the table. Yeah, I don't. And, and um, I just get, it was frustrating somewhat because I felt very inept, but I also felt like maybe I wasn't getting the best workout because sometimes I would just lay on the ground instead of doing the exercise. <laughs> um, so um, Ashley was like, Sarah, I think you're really going to like this bar class. And, you know, so it sounds a little frou-frou for 5'11 me, but I just really like it. It's very, most of them isometric moves. So not much equipment, you know, occasionally we'll like squeeze a ball between our upper thighs or something, which, wow, that sounds really pornographic now that I hear it out loud. Um, uh, and, um, and we use very light weights for upper body. And um, she's like, Sarah, your posture needs a lot of work. You really need to work on your core more. You, and she knows that I need to strengthen my hips and, and my glutes and things like that so that um, I can help prevent, hopefully, knee injury and things like that. And I got to say, I think I stand a little straighter and, um, you know, I don't have quite as much trouble sucking in my gut as much. That's no, that's great. My um, Pilates studio just put in a bar, and they're oh. going to offer bar classes. We had a little kind of teaser mm-hmm. um, of a bar. Yeah, I mean that was uh, I definitely felt it in mm-hmm. my legs and my glutes, and you know, I mean, yeah, I think that I think a bar class must be good for both of us. I think the grace and like the posture would be a mm-hmm. good benefit <laughs> for yeah. and, an uh, added welcome to both of our uh, athletic uh, resumes. And I got to say that there are um, some of the, she just really spends a lot of time on the legs as well. And there just are times that my legs are just so burning after we've done 
far more reps than I would ever do on my own. And actually during the trail race on Monday, my I felt a burning in my legs like that. And I thought I could either back off. I thought, but Ashley always makes us do more exercises when we feel that burn. So I'm, I've pushed in bar and I'm going to push in this race. So I'm going into the fire. Yeah, 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 exactly. Don't retreat, walk toward it. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's move on to Tammy's question, which is, um, she's going to be buying a treadmill to maintain her running this winter. And she's curious about what features to look for in a treadmill. So I just, you know, um, uh, it's a couple things. I mean, you and I have both written about treadmills for magazines, and I think it's so important to have a wide range of inclines in a machine so that um, both up and down. And I think more and more treadmills now are doing that, having instead of just going to 0%, that they go to like a negative 2% because that works different muscles. It helps you, you know, get a little faster, let go on the downhills. Um, sure, sure. I don't feel like the, the 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 negative is not. I mean, I think that that's a great feature. Mm-hmm. But if there's a diff, you know, if if there's a big price difference, like that's not a deal breaker. Yeah, if, no, if you no. can't get that. Yeah. But if but it is f- kind of fun to put it on the negative and be like, oh, look at me. <laughs> you just can't do all your workouts on the negative. <laughs> yeah. So you need to, um, you know, a, a sturdy motor, mm-hmm. um, especially if, uh, if you have a, you know, a husband who might weigh more than you do are going to use it. Um, they're a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. the treadmills are, and you want it to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. And also that the guys are, guys are heavier or like if you have like a son who's in cross country or something who might be using it, I think having a couple men in the house are gonna put, add some wear and tear. So I think a sturdy motor is good to help hold up to that. Um, also a wide and long tread. Sometimes you ever see like some of the really inexpensive ones. It's like, how, how do you even run on that small of a space? Um, you know, you're going to be George sure. Jetson flying off the back of that thing. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also, I mean, I know a lot of treadmills now, um, with their consoles that you can get, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can get mm-hmm. now, you know, with like, you know, I, you integrate your iPhone and run through the, you know, the, the Pyrenees or something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that the, the, the Loire Valley in France, but I don't know if that's Oh, look at that. You and I are both thinking about French. Oh, yes. Yes. May, yes. May we. The Tour de France. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and that's great. Um, the only thing is it's kind of like cars, you know, like the more bells and whistles it has, like kind of the more there is to, to potentially break, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not that you shouldn't have some fun stuff on there and have some different workouts. I mean, I love doing like the hip. I don't love, <laughs> I, um, I, I often am drawn to say like the hill workout or some kind of, you know, pre-programmed workout just because then I just have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like I have to say, Oh, I have to go up to 4% now. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going up to 4% now. Look at that. <laughs> you know? Um, so, so that I feel like having pre-programmed, um, workouts is nice. Um, mm-hmm. but I would just personally, I would be, um, wary of stuff that's just like, like, too many electronics almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think I think um, paying a little extra for a commercial grade treadmill is worth the money because it's going to, um, you know, be that much more durable and long lasting. And, you know, because you don't want to have to be trying to, you know, sell this thing at a garage sale in two years because it's not not holding up that's and you're going to pass it off exactly. on, sell that lemon to somebody else. Um, exactly. Um, and like a treadmill is like buying a pair of running shoes. You've got to go try on a bunch of different pairs or try on a bunch of different machines and see what feels right for you and and what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. But we're, we're big fans. Um, we've given away a couple of Nordic track treadmills mm-hmm. um, and we love, they always get really high ratings from Consumer Reports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're under names like Proform, um, Free Motion Fitness, Health Rider, and then of course Nordic Track. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever buy a treadmill, Sarah? You know, if it was up to Jack, uh, my husband, um, in case you didn't know, didn't know that, Timothy, um, I, we probably would. He loves running on a treadmill. I, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon. I don't need to run indoors any day because I'm waterproof. And <laughs> my skin doesn't let any liquid in. <laughs> I'm titanium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't I, rust. I sometimes fantasize about having one. I we couldn't have one in our <laughs> basement you? because uh, yeah, I don't this. fantasize about like you know. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds uh, or anything. It's like yeah, oh, a treadmill. treadmill. <laughs> it's like we set the bar low, we mother runners again. Um, but uh, you know, the houses in our neighborhood all have really low basement ceilings, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that if I put a treadmill down here, I mean, you know, because that those are usually like at least six inches off the ground. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I would. Bop my head. You'd have um, to put. You'd have to have like a trough cut into the floor, and then your <laughs> yeah. head would be going back and forth, back and forth on the first floor. It's like, oh look, there's mom's head. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Turn off the television. I told you no. to put your dishes in the sink. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think then I think about putting it in the garage. I mean, I think um, about it a lot actually. I'm like, well, then you do. But then, then, then one car would always have to be parked outside. Which Look at you. Winter... You have given a lot of thought to this topic. Oh, yeah. I... And then the other place, and then I move it up one floor to our second <laughs> floor and put it in the guest bedroom, which would work. But then if you're underneath me, do you feel like, you know, a pound of, of elephants is coming through? <laughs> like, you know, Ben drives me crazy enough with his drumsticks playing every, turning everything into a drum. I think that that noise might, you know, actually trump that me running on the treadmill. Oh my gosh. So. Look at you. No, I've just been like, thought about once nope i don't like i don't like running on a treadmill i love being outside done that's that was the end of my debate um yeah 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 so one more one more question this is from kimberly and um she wants to know is anyone slower after having a baby she hears all sorts of stories about women getting faster post baby but she's done five half marathons since having her kid and she can't break two hours even though her pre-baby pr was 154 I think it's, it's more of a life thing, um, instead of a baby thing. Um, I think your life is probably a lot different now. I mean, not, I think I know it is, you know, (laughs) you can't, you might not have the time and the intensity and the energy Mm -hmm. that you want to give to training where, you know, if you, when you nailed your 154, maybe you were out running, you know, five or six days a week and you had a certain number of tempo runs and you were really concentrating on speed work and, um, maybe that isn't the case now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I, I don't think that um, Kimberly doesn't have a sub two hour in her. I know she does. She's just got to find the space in her life to train for it properly. Yeah. Cause I got to say, I have set all my PRs since having my three kids. And, oh, aren't uh, you special, mm, Sarah? I am, <laughs> but but um, but I don't attribute it to like having more extra red blood cells or something like that, um, or that you know, pregnancy taught me my body what it is to really work hard and and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's that I attribute it to. I've gotten really during that time when I said those PRs, I got really serious about training, doing all sorts of speed work, religiously following a training plan, and I also want to point out that those PRs were all attained. You know when my twins were four and five years old and that, you know, your twins were four and five at the same time (laughs) four and or five. (laughs) 
No. Naive, no. naive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, you know. But the- actually, now that you say that, like I now, and I mocked you for, you know, being like, oh, well, Kimberly, you can't do it, but I can. Um, but um, but mine were too, actually. I mean, my half marathon PR came after both kids. My my marathon PR, which was in my second and last marathon, came, you know, when we wrote the Nike Women's Marathon. That was um, – that started run like a mother. So, but both of those times that I set the half marathon and marathon PR, I mean, I had a coach mm-hmm. and I was very intent on getting to a race and, and running a certain pace in the, in the case of the half marathon. So, um, so I think, again, like, I think you can do it. I think you just have to kind of clear out space. And if you, you know, depending upon what your situation is, a coach will definitely bring you there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a third person who can, not a third person, a second person, <laughs> an objective person who can, you know, monitor your training, push you when you need to be pushed um, accordingly, scale you back if you need to, help with injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, being up in the middle of the night and travel if you do that. And they're just invaluable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I think, I think um, you're, I know that my eye is less on the prize now that I have kids and that um, for all my swagger and talk of my my lofty time goals, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, well, you know, like I just remember, like I remember after Nike Women's Marathon, Dimity, I'll never forget that lunch we had um, at Witchcraft in San Francisco. And, you know, I pretty much I was that was probably 90 minutes or two hours after we were done with the race. And I was pretty much done with my crying by then. And I remember you were like, are you going to be OK with this? You know, that I didn't break two four hours. And I was like, you know what? My kids are all healthy and, you know, where we live in a home and, you know, like, like life doesn't suck. You know, this is just a small part of it. And, you know, taking a look more at the big picture, like what does breaking, you know, meeting that time goal in a race really mean? Um, you know, if you have your health and your happiness. So, wow, um, Sarah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like if I, if you were a book, I see a page turning, like you put your music on shuffle on the trail running. You're like, I can zoom out and not be so obsessed with the numbers. Good, good for you. I'm, I'm proud of you, sister. Oh, From another mother runner. I'm very proud of you. Oh, good, good. I thought you were going to mock me for getting a little schmaltzy and hallmark. No, 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 okay. not yeah. at all. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's really important. And yes, it's very important, obviously, to, to set goals and, and do your best to meet them. But at the end of the day, you get to run. Mm-hmm. 13.1 miles and that doesn't suck no matter how long it takes mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and you're you know and your your baby's still there to you know to love on when you get home so that's or annoy you yeah. but you know <laughs> why at you mom what's for dinner mom what's for dinner mom uh, mom what's for dinner oh i saw i saw um it was um one last thing before we go is um my older daughter's first day of middle school today and um, as we record this on the wednesday after labor day and um, two people there, two parents there at the drop-off, you know, um, had babies. And one of them was this newborn that I swear, you know, it still had like baby acne and like the, you know, fingers were totally in the little clench, you know, newborn mode. And I just like, oh, and my friend and I almost like touched the baby because we're like, oh, look at the baby. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't know this person. Don't touch the baby. <laughs> so you know um all depends on your perspective on and how annoying the kid is <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly yeah 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 so um look for us please on facebook at run like a mother the book our website is anothermotherrunner.com on twitter we're at the mother runner our books run like a mother and train like a mother are now available for sale on our website as well as amazon.com so many happy miles to you and what's for dinner <laughs>